Hey, I'm Adam Marcus, and I am a passenger along with y'all on the Terror Express. Hello, Adam. How are you? And welcome to the Terror Express. I am fantastic, Jason. Thank you for having me, brother. Thank you for joining us. And Vanessa Absolutely. Wright is also co-hosting with us. Vanessa, welcome back to you as Hello. well. Hello, beautiful lady. <laughs> Always fun to do this. Full disclosure, I happen to love both of these people. So that's that's kind of a, this is this is one of the nicest uh, interview environments simply because I really like the people Thank I'm talking you. to. And you're, you're loved by both of us hey. crazy zany people. <laughs> Let's talk about Hearts of Darkness. We have so many people who are waiting on this one. Give us a glimpse on what we can expect on that ultimate documentary of, uh, of Jason Goes to Hell. Um, uh, well, what I can tell you is this. You know, when we, uh, when we in, the, in the days before the darkness, uh, when we crowdfunded this movie, um, you know, which was a movie I had to kind of be talked into uh, at the beginning. This was not something that was like, oh, I'm going to totally do that. Um, let's talk about me for two hours. I was like, uh. Uh, and so uh, two amazing guys, uh, TJ Bowser and Corey Kaufman started the Hearts of Darkness. Uh, sorry, they started the Jason Goes to Hell final fan page on Facebook for my birthday. Anyway, these guys and the fans convinced me, let's make this documentary about what really went down. And the truth is that a lot went down making that movie. I mean, I, I was... Um, pretty battered and bruised by it. I was a kid. I was 20, you know, I was 22 when I got the job, when I wrote the younger, it. You were the youngest director at that time to ever direct a Friday the 13th film. Yes. I was actually the youngest. I was the youngest director to ever write and direct a studio feature film. Um, and so I, I, I directed it when I was 23. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm still very, very proud of the job that I did oh, and, yeah. and the movie that I made. That being said, um, we, we, I said, look, you know, if the fans really want this thing and then our company will do it if the fans pay to make it happen. Like if you guys want to do it, because getting people to pay, you know, to go see a movie in theaters anymore is impossible. Yeah. Streaming is the wild west. So I was <clears> like, <throat> you know what? I'll put in, the, I'll put in the sweat equity. I'm not going to make any money on this thing, but I'll put in the equity if people pay to see the movie. Uh, I don't know if, if many people know, but I would say anybody who's following you does know that you've spent, you know, your career in both the theater and in film. And I would like to know kind of where your heart really lies. Like where mm -hmm. does your passion thrive most? Would you say theater or film and why? Uh, hmm. And That's... there are no wrong answers. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a great question. By the way, it's a question no one's ever asked me ever in my life, ever. Yes. So, so, so well done. I think Thanks. it's the, I think it's the new streak of color in your <laughs> hair. Um, I, I can say this, look, I love both. I really do love both. Um, there is an immediacy to doing live theater. That's amazing. Um, and it is where I was raised. It's, it's how I was trained in all of my disciplines outside of cinematography and editing. Um, I, you know, I had, I had two theater companies of my own plus theater companies that I worked with when I was a teenager. And, and I started my first company when I was 15 years old and I, I was in or directed, produced, choreographed over 80 shows before I came to Los Angeles when I was 21. So 
it was my my whole upbringing. And then in LA, I've done a, a bunch of theater. Um, I love it. I love the instant gratification of it. Like you spend six weeks and there's an audience and they go nuts yeah. and they interact with you. And, and the energy of that, there's almost nothing better, but there is something better. Um, when you've spent three years of your life on a movie and it's almost always three years, I don't care what anybody tries to tell you about how quickly somebody gets something done. It's almost always three years to make a movie. Um, when you get that in the theater and you get the right crowd, you know, um, and they explode with laughter or they are just screaming and running from the theater or hiding behind people or any of that kind of stuff. Um, I have to tell you, there's a certain sense. It's almost like you've, you've birthed a child. Mm. It's the closest relation I can give it is that here's your kid and a whole room full of people are like applauding your kid. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so you, you, and it's also you that they're applauding. So, you know, usually when your kid is doing something, those applause are just for the kid. And it, that's the way it should be. With this, it's this wonderful hybrid of it's me and it's my baby. Um, yeah. And so I think ultimately the experience of making a film um, is my favorite thing. I will say this. There are huge differences between making a movie for studios and making a movie independently. Oh, and 100%. While, right. And while independent is way harder in many ways because you just don't have money, it is by far the more um, extraordinary artistic experience. I was, I was going to ask you if you had any future plans, what your future plans were. But before I do, let me kind of tie in a um, secret Santa is there any possibility of a sequel to Secret Santa in the future? There is. There is. Um, I've, I, I, what I wanted to do because, you know. Uh, Secret horror, Santa 2, Electric Boogaloo. It totally would have been. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai and Secret Santa. <laughs> I, actually, I actually wanted to do, my plan initially was to do all of the holidays that people don't do for horror movies. So um, the next one up that I, I had written the treatment for was um, Secret Santa 2, Hippity Hoppity. Oh, I was going to say Happy Easter. Nice. Yeah. nice. And the whole thing takes place in a church. Is there a log line or some little slight synopsis that you um, can give us? Uh, yeah. It, it, uh, it, ostensibly, it's, it's um, a similar design in that there's the, the virus that's created by that, by, by the, the serum that's drank uh, in the first movie, mm -hmm. um, where people all do and say what they want to do and say, but it happens on a wedding on Easter Sunday. As a filmmaker, what advice would you give other up and coming filmmakers, especially of um, uh, independent filmmaker? What advice would you give them to where they can steer around all that negativity and toxicity that that would normally affect their their chances of campaigning or their their future projects or their reputation to keep them in good good light? It's it's a real it's a really good question. It's a really thoughtful question, Jason, because it's because um, I think it is I think it is epidemic. Um, and again, mm -hmm. especially because of how fractured we all seem to be. Um, I, I, uh, do you guys, you both know Noelle Berger, right? Oh, I love Noelle yeah. Berger. Yeah. She's okay. sweet. Yes. She's my so, horror sister. 
Yeah. And so yeah. Noelle went through a really tough time a few years ago and was going to leave the community because she was being bullied and, and, and it was really bad. Mm -hmm. And I, I reached out to her. Um, I actually called her um, on messenger. I just called her. She'd never, she, she and I had, you know, a lot of interaction online, but she'd never spoken to me. And I just called her and I was like, Hey, tell me what happened. Talk to me about this. And she was like shocked and she was crying. She was actively crying. And, um, we had, a, you know, we had a 45 minute discussion and I went online and basically said, cut it the fuck out. Everybody mm -hmm. cut it out. Like, this is somebody that supports everybody. Mm -hmm. I've seen nothing but good from this person. I don't care what kind of high school drama people need to create in order to validate their existence, but it's enough. Like, cut it the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Because if you come after her, you're coming after me, and I will defend her like she's my own. Right. Mm -hmm. And it stopped. It stopped. Instantly it stopped. The bullying was over. Here's the thing. And I'm not saying you have to get a filmmaker to defend you. What I'm saying is the more successful you are, the more vocal you are, the more out in the open you are, and the nicer you are, the more chance you have of people behaving this way. Because there is a part of people who behave this way that can't stand when somebody is kind, that can't stand when someone is just nice. Mm -hmm. That gets them. That irks the shit out of them. Bullies hate people who are just good, who are just nice people, right? Whenever you get successful, they always say, you know, you judge your success by the people who hate you, not by the people who love you, which is true. Mm -hmm. um, the more people who hate you, you know you're doing something right. Look, you know, Dave Chappelle, um, and I get, I understand why people are angry. I got it. I got it. I, I got the message. I still think he's funny as hell. Um, but you know what? Dave Chappelle is the comedian of the last few years, in part because of how angry people are. Um, here's the thing. Don't contribute to the noise. Like I said earlier, you know, when somebody hates on Jason Goes to Hell, my response isn't fuck off. OK, my response is, hey, I totally respect your opinion. Why do you feel that way? Put it on them to answer for what they're expressing. Like, mm -hmm. I got that you're pissed. I got it. I got that you are angry, and I think that that's valid. You have every right to feel your anger. Why? Why do you feel it? What is it that, that is so upsetting about what we did? Right. And the minute you start talking to somebody like a person, instead of just, instead of just putting them in the category of asshole, okay? Yes, are there people out there that just want to be assholes? You bet. Oh, yeah. But even those people, you can reach them and have the conversation. Sometimes it's not going to work out. Sometimes you're just going to, you're going to part ways. Fine. But like, I've never had to unfriend anyone from Facebook and I've had people come at me with some crazy shit, but ultimately if you don't contribute to the noise and just contribute to understanding why they're coming from this place, it diffuses it. It takes the bullets out of the gun. It disarms them like that. Tell sure. us about a time that you've experienced something with the supernatural or paranormal. You know, I have you know? had not one experience in my life with a specter or a ghoul or a ghost. It's never happened. Are you um, interested in maybe having one? Jesus Christ. Here's the thing. 
Here's the thing. <laughs> um, I grew up in New York City. I've been mugged five times. I was stabbed once. Oh, um, God. I, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I don't want to gloss over you being stabbed. What happened? I would work from uh, 11 o'clock at night till anywhere from three in the morning to five in the morning, depending on, on how busy we were. Mm-mm. And I would walk home from 21st street down to uh, up to 34th and park, which is where my apartment was. Um, well, park Avenue in the late eighties, early nineties was um, from 21st street to about 28th street was hooker row. So you had all these prostitutes. By the way, it's a really oh, nice part of town. It was really a nice part of town, but that's where they would make the most money is from sure. you know from guys who had a lot of money and wanted a hooker. Um, yeah. So pretty woman, I get it. Exactly, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty woman, yeah. hooker with a heart of gold. Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing: I would always come home with my with with half my food from mm-hmm. my shift because I couldn't finish it, and invariably I'd get a sandwich or something like that. And I would give half of it to one of the women that I was passing. And it was a way for them to leave me alone. Because the first night you go, everybody's like, baby, want a date? Want a date? You know, and they're grabbing at you and whatnot. And you're like, no, 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 thank, thanks. I'm good. I'm, I'm working too. I'm good. I'm, you know. But if you gave them some food or something, they were like, oh, honey, you're the best. And, and they'd leave you alone. So there was a very tall, very thin uh, woman who, or a woman, as I thought at first, who was new. I'd never seen her before. And I'm walking home, and she comes up alongside me. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Want a date? Blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, thanks. I'm good. Thank you. I'm okay. I'm, you know, thank you. And suddenly, I just felt a, a, a pain in my side that was, like, extreme. Mm. And I stopped. And I looked up. And this was no woman. This was a dude. Dresses a woman who said, Give me your fucking money. And I had 300 bucks in my pocket that I just made at the restaurant. Handed it to her immediately, like I was never a hero. I'm like, Take it. She had a cab waiting for her. She hops in a cab with the door open, zips away. Um, the funny thing is, I, and I'm bleeding, not profusely, but I'm bleeding. <laughs> and I walk a couple blocks, and there's a cop car, and I kind of wave them down. And they literally, the cop put his fingers in the shirt, in the tear where, where the stab wound was, and opens it up and goes, yeah, yeah, you should probably go get a couple stitches. And I said, um, she just went that way in a cab. Is there any chance you guys? And they were like, <laughs> says, you can come by. To, you can come by the precinct tomorrow if you want to spend your Sunday looking at pictures of fucking hookers. Oh, my God. Next time you get stabbed, you should do it in a small town. And literally, I just went, I'm done. I'm out. Like, it it made the decision for me. I'm done. How old were you? I was 20. Wow. So I was 20. What did you go to the hospital? What happened? Did you? Yeah, ever... I went. I went. I went. I went. I got a couple stitches. It was okay. It was. Yeah. It was not too deep, how, which was good. How um, did you get like a tetanus shot and a tet? Like I mean, I already what? had. I already had tetanus shots. I was fine. They cleaned it out, and it was. And it was awful. I mean, it was an mm. awful. And it was all the money I had to go see my girlfriend over the weekend. It was like everything about it was just shitty. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I left New York, went back to Connecticut for two months. I produced my last show in Connecticut. And then I got in a plane and got to Los Angeles. Wow! And, and I've chance. never been and I've never been mugged since. Wow! 
Did we ever find out who this was that did that? Or no. did they just do it and flee and that was the end of it? That was no the end. Wow. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I got mugged five times in, in Manhattan and uh, and no one ever got caught. I did, however, I did beat up two of the people who came. There were two guys who jumped me one night and um, my buddy Tom Lennon, you guys will know Tom Lennon. Uh, do you ever watch Reno 911? Yeah. Long I know time Tom Lennon. Yeah. yeah. So officer twice. officer Dangle, the guy with the the, yeah. the mustache and the short shorts. <laughs> yes. Um, so Tom Lennon was also Felix on the new odd couple with mm-hmm. Matthew Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom's amazing. Anyway, Tom uh was one of my closest friends in college. He was the lead of my student film that won Best Picture at NYU and got me my career. Um, so him and Joe Latruglio from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, who plays Andy Samberg's <laughs> partner. The two of them are the two leads of my movie. Anyway, so Tom had been beaten to a pulp by some muggers. Oh, beaten God. to a pulp. And when these two guys cornered me, uh, they jumped me. They kicked my, my knees out from under me. So I hit, I hit, my knees hit the ground. Yeah. And this guy came at me and they had not asked me for money yet. And it had been raining earlier that evening, so the streets were wet, and I still had an a, a, a umbrella, but it was a full-size umbrella with a wooden handle my dad had given me. It was like a nice umbrella. And as they kicked me to my knees and didn't ask for anything, I went, oh, they're just going to beat me up. Like, this isn't about getting money. Whenever anybody asks you for money, you just give them the money. That's it. Transaction's over. But these guys wanted to hurt. And so I started swinging from my kneeling position, swinging the, the, the uh, umbrella around, but with the handle out, right? So I'm holding the, the pole and I swung it around behind me this way and I felt it catch. Oh no. And I went, Aah! and I heard a crack, this sickening crack and this tearing sound. And I turned around to look. What had happened was it caught the guy here and it went through his cheek and tore through his cheek and the handle broke off. Oh, Adam. And the whole top of the of the umbrella was bloodied. And the guy ran away, like holding his face with the piece of wood sticking out of his head, ran away. And I turned to the other guy. And again, I'm on my knees. And I was like, ah, to the other guy. And the other guy just ran like a motherfucker. Like they were like, oh, we jumped the wrong dude. Yeah. And I remember bringing the umbrella, the bloody umbrella back to Tom Lennon. I was like, I got some of them for us. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. Um, That did not make me leave New York. That I was like, yeah, it's kind of fun. Adam, I'm going to ask you Vanessa speed round questions. <laughs> I love it. All right, you ready? Yes. These are these are going to be really difficult, so we're putting you on the spot. These are really serious, so dark, <laughs> dark psychological questions. All right, the first yep. one. I'm very excited. What is your favorite cartoon? <laughs> Movie or fi- or television show? Television show. Uh, Bugs Bunny, absolutely. Looney Tunes. What will be your legacy? I hope my legacy is that I treated people the way I wanted to be treated and that I left behind more love than when I got here. 
Well, thank you so much, Adam, for being here. And thank you so much, Vanessa, for being here again with me as my host. Always. Always. Absolute pleasure. You guys are amazing.